Welcome to the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. On this show, we talk all things mindset, support, and encouragement for the modern mom in real estate that's building a business and raising babes. I'm Brayden McKee, a realtor in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been in the business for five years, and I'm a boy mom of two under three. And I'm Alyssa Stalker. I'm a realtor in Ventura County, California, and a mom of two under two. And together, we're bringing our entrepreneurial backgrounds and digital marketing expertise to change the way a modern mama does real estate. Whether you're here for the support or our tactical tips for building a business, we are rooting for your growth. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Real Estate Mama. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Um, We have a very special guest this month. We have really been honing in on a social media focus. So if you haven't caught any of our previous episodes, check them out. We are really talking about how to show up as a mom in social media. And today we have really an expert who is doing this in an amazing and impactful way. Um, I want to introduce Mariah Curla. She is a wonderful example of how to show up authentically on social media. She's built this great big following. Um, She is a luxury agent and works in two markets. So thank you so much for joining us today, Mariah. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for having me. What a treat to be here. And yes, so grateful to share a little bit of you know, what's going on. So thank you. Absolutely. And we also have Brayden here today because we don't always get to record together. So hey, Brayden. Hey, ladies. So excited for this guest episode this week. Yes. Thank you, Brayden. Appreciate it. So let's just go ahead and dive in, Mariah. We want to hear all about you. We want to know like how you got started in real estate, um, how you wrap all of this and the things that you do into producing this, just such high quality content, being in the luxury market and doing two markets, all with four kids. It's honestly incredible. So we want to hear from you. If you could just tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. I would love to. Thank you. Um, So originally I was born and raised in Northern California in a little city called Santa Rosa. And um, I ended up going to college on a soccer scholarship. I went to the University of the Pacific, go Tigers. And I got my degree in education and I got my master's degree there. And I always thought that education was the route that I was going to go down. Both my parents were elementary educators, so it was one of those, like, they they were very supportive of that, and um, so I ended up getting right out of college. I got my first job teaching kindergarten. I was like, oh, this is going to be what I'm going to do forever. This is great, and um, and then fast forward, my husband and I got married, and we ended up moving to Utah. And he was finishing up grad school there, and while I was teaching again. And then we ended up taking a job after he finished grad school in accounting. We took a job down in San Diego and we moved to San Diego and we're like, okay, well, you know, this is amazing. The weather is fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot to love about San Diego. And, but both of our families are still in Northern California. So we always thought that we would be in San Diego for a couple of years and then we would head back up to Santa Rosa. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case. So the weather, the jobs, the everything just kind of sucked us in. And um, the first year we were there, we bought our first home 
And after going through the process, I was like, oh, wow, this was fun. <laughs> like, oh, this was, this was a, actually a really, like, this was a treat. I love this whole process, you know? And, but at the time I was teaching third grade. And so I told my husband and he's a tax accountant. And I said, Hey, you know, I know you work really busy hours. What if I was to just go get my real estate license while, you know, your, your work, you know, after I would be done teaching, this was back in the day too, that I got my real estate license actually in California, almost 16 years ago. And this was in the day where they didn't even have the online classes. So I actually went to real estate school in a classroom and took all the classes like on the weekend and stuff. And, um, and so it was great. And so I was pumped about that, but then I realized like juggling a real estate business and teaching, like I couldn't necessarily do both full time. And so real estate really actually kind of went on the back burner and I loved it. I still was, you know, looking at things and touring things and, but I really, it wasn't like at the forefront of what I was doing. It was mostly education sprinkled with a few deals here and there. Well, fast forward a few more years and kids came along. We had our first kid who is actually, um, I have an 11 year old boy and nine year old girl. And then we ended up with surprise twins. Hello. <laughs> My husband thought in, um, thought in 10 years from now, Mariah will regret not having one more. And we got two more, a boy and a girl who just turned seven. So super blessing. We're so grateful for it. Just wasn't what I thought. Right. Um, so at that point we had four kids, I was still teaching part-time, but then I realized, okay, wait a minute, this is really not super conducive to having the four kids and trying to do, um, you know, a little bit of teaching and a little bit of real estate. It just wasn't working. So I really just had to pick one. And I, I love, as much as I love teaching, I knew real estate was definitely in my heart. And I went, okay, I, we, I want this. And at the, at that point we had bought another home. And so we still had our, um, you know, our previous one. So that just became an investment property for us. And we use that as a rental and I was managing the rental property and that was great. And then we realized like, oh, we still had this draw and this pull to Utah and we would come out here every summer since Eric had gone to school here and his family has a place outside of Park City. And so we'd go stay there in the summer for a week or two. And after we had the four kids, we thought, you know, we should just get a house in Utah. Wouldn't this be great to just get a house in Utah? And this was before um, the prices had skyrocketed. And we ended up buying a home out here that was an investment property. And it just so happens that it's in an, an area that has some really nice custom homes and luxury builds. And when COVID hit, we really had to stop and think about what we were doing in San Diego. And at that point, things pretty much there had completely shut down. We really weren't able to go many places or do anything. And my husband and I are looking at each other with the four kids in our house. And we just thought, okay, our walls are caving in on us. <laughs> Should we try Utah? And honestly, this is what we did. We went, okay, um, let's just pick up and go live in the, live in the investment property in Utah. 
And we did. And I'm telling you within, you know, weeks, we all just fell in love with it. And we went, oh my goodness, I, this is home. Like, I think we we're here. Like, this is it. This is going to be what we're going to do. And during that time, you know, during that time we had moved that summer, I had an opportunity to go through, I know lots of different cities have this, but it's like the, um, they call it the showcase of homes, or this was the Utah Valley parade of homes. And right behind where I live, there were two homes that were in the parade of homes. And in San Diego, we didn't have those parades or those showcase of homes at all. And I ended up going through, you know, the, I toured a bunch of different homes with my dad. Actually, he was out visiting. My parents were out visiting and my dad was like, yeah, let's go see these. This is fun. So honestly, we went and we just couldn't get enough. We were like, this is so fun. This is so fun. I love this. And I was trying to figure out when we ended up moving here to Utah, do I actually get my real estate license here? And do I continue real estate back in San Diego? Because when we moved here, I actually had three homes under contract as a listing agent. And it was doable because I was the listing agent, everything. So, um, I had to fly back once or twice, but again, it was manageable. And when I would go back, it would be for 24 hours. You know, it just was very short. Um, so then I'm thinking, okay, well, this might actually work. Like I could keep my license in California and I could get my license here in Utah. So within a couple months, I got my license here in Utah. And I started just thinking like, really like diving a little deeper, like, okay, if I'm going to do real estate here in Utah, what would be like my ideal? Like what do, you know, do I want to stay with residential? Do I want to do commercial? Cause I've been interested in commercial too, but do I want to go more luxury? And at the time after touring all these parade homes, I was like, this is what I want. Like, this is what really is interesting to me. Like, this is fun. And um, one of Eric's family members lives in a really nice luxury community. And so we would go up there often and it seems like there were always open houses happening. And so of course, during family gatherings and at the end of it or the beginning, I'd be like, Oh, Hey, Eric, there's this home that is, you know, that I can tour. What do you think if I just go pop in there? And he's like, yep, great, do it. So I just kind of was surrounding myself with, um, you know, being in the environment, I was basically being in the environment that I wanted to sell in. And it just kind of started, like, <laughs> I mean, really it just started, started happening like that, where I was touring homes that I would, Oh, I love this. And then I started posting them on, on social media and being a mom of four, I knew that cold calling and door knocking and doing those things just weren't going to really line up with me being a carpool mom. And at that point I was like coaching my kids soccer teams. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to see if I can just start posting some of the things that I'm seeing and, um, knowledge from the things that I had been selling in San Diego. And what if, what, what if something happened? <laughs> and so I started my Instagram account about an year and a half ago, it'll be two years in August. So a little over a year and a half ago. And 
And so I, I started posting and three months into posting, I got my first DM, um, of a potential listing and she had reached out and said, Hey, you know, I can see that you sell homes in Utah and California. This is the situation with my house. Um, we basically lived, you know, had a very nice luxury home, lived in kind of a rural area, but she thought this is going to be, this would have to be sold by somebody who maybe is able to pull from out of staters as well. And so that was my first listing and it was great. And it kind of has just snowballed from there. Wow. That's incredible. So I was was long-winded, but I'm like, that's. (laughs) That kind of was the, the beginning of it all. So I feel like you had a lot of intentionality with like niching out right away what you were interested in selling. And I think um, approaching real estate as a new agent, as many of our listeners are, um, or, or even people who are more seasoned, they kind of like go off in this, this area. Like you feel like you kind of have to like start with buyers and first time mm-hmm. home buyers. And I love that you, you did have experience under your belt and transactions in California, but starting in a new market is, is a lot like starting over, but it sounds like you just really went after that niche that you wanted and created content speaking directly to that niche and it you heard back from that like you got a result and immediately I mean almost immediately that's super fast um to get traction and for anybody listening who's newer um or even more seasoned and you want to switch up your price point or change you know your ideal client type who you serve I mean what an incredible way to go after it and just show up for that ideal client by touring open houses that are in the price point that you want to be in and showing those home tours and just really segmenting your content for that niche I think that's so such an awesome way to go about it um and so wonderful and approachable for a mom. So for sure. Let well, me ask you know, this. Oh, I was just going to say, I was going to say, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh I, I was going to say, say you have you back kids and yes. twins. <laughs> How old are the twins? The twins just turned seven this week. Okay. Wow. So we you guys are super busy families. <laughs> yeah. All fun ages, right? But busy. super fun. Yes. If I could freeze time, I would right now. It's just, it's so fun. Yeah. It's great. So having four kids, I want to know between like your clients, like who you're managing and your clients and your business and how much you're spending on social media. And you've kind of already built the recipe. Like you've built that foundation on social media, but somebody starting out, like tell us like kind of what's your strategy? Like how much time are you spending? How are you working this in around your family? Because I think a lot of people are attracted to building with social media that are moms because we are able to kind of work from our phones and be flexible that way. But give us a little bit more insight into your recipe, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. I would love to. Great question. Um, so actually it's funny when we were in San Diego, our neighbor that we shared a fence with, she started a little soap company in her garage. And I remember talking to her and saying like, well, how are you going to get the word out? Like, how, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to tell people about this awesome product you have? And she goes, oh, you know, I'm going to use social media. 
And I said, oh, okay. And, and do you think, and this was several years, like this was probably seven years ago or eight years ago that she started this. And so I was like, well, do you think you'll really like be able to, to build on that? And she goes, I do, I do. And so honestly, like over the years I watched and I just was in awe of what, what she created from her little garage to now, you know, she's got products in Nordstrom and collaborations with Disney. And I just went, oh, and then when we moved to Utah, my other next, my next door neighbor here, I watched her build her whole business on Instagram. And I went, okay, these guys are onto something. I, I can do this. Like I can do this. I just have no idea where to start. Um, so really I started by my first, if you, if you were to check out my Instagram account right now and go back to the very beginning of it and look at some of these pictures, you'd probably laugh because number one, um, there, I didn't know how to use a filter. I didn't know there, there was nothing. They were just basic pictures of homes that I'd either sold toured, or houses that I liked. Right. Um, and so I think it was just for me figuring out like, what's my style, what do I like and building off of that. So for me personally, like when I sell a home, I didn't want to have like on mine, like just sold or under contract, which is great and fine for, you know, certain brands and everything for me, I just wanted to showcase beautiful homes. And I thought, okay, you know, as much as I love beautiful homes, I'm sure other people will like beautiful homes too. And so I, it really just started from that. And then, um, and then I, in the beginning, I felt like I was kind of just on this treadmill where I would wake up in the morning and go, Oh, I wonder what I should post today. And I'm scrolling through my pictures and I'm going, Oh, that was a fun one from the, from the parade of homes or, Oh, you know what? That house just, you know, I sold this home and that close. So I'll post this. Right. So I'm on this treadmill and every day I'm thinking like, what am I going to post today? What am I going to post today? That went on for like a month or two. And I thought, okay, this is not sustainable at all. I need to figure something out. So then I kind of went into like teacher mode and I went, okay, well, teachers, we always have a lesson plan. And I always knew what I was going to be teaching my third graders, you know, a week or two or three weeks, even a month out. Cause I'd have my month calendar of like, okay, here, this is cursive handwriting. Okay. We're doing letter. This is this. So I just had my plan. So I literally was like, okay, I should just do this like a lesson plan. So I went on Google docs. I, and this is very basic now because obviously there's scheduling apps and, you know, you can do a lot of other things. This was just very basic. And so I went on to Google docs. I made a little table. I started plugging in all the pictures that I wanted first. So I, I really just started with a week's worth of content because I thought, okay, a week is manageable. I can handle that because I can't be do, I, I can't be spending this much time and I don't want to be spending this much time. So I first plugged in all the pictures for the week and then I went and I plugged in the captions for the week. And then I put in the hashtags for the week. And a lot of them were very similar. A lot of my hashtags have to do with air, you know, the area that I'm in or, you know, design or whatnot. And so I had a week's worth of content. And so I literally would wake up in the morning. I looked at my analytics at that point and a lot of um, my audience was in the morning. So I post first thing in the morning. I like to wake up early because I get my day started and work out and everything. So I usually post at six o'clock in the morning and that was it. And that's 
all I did and I did it consistently for like a year. And, but once I got my, my first week, I realized, Oh, if I can do a week, I can do two weeks. And maybe this is like the competitive athlete in me. <laughs> but then I was like, Oh, I wonder if I could do two weeks. Right. So then I started plugging in two weeks of content and I went, Oh, okay. And I would just spend, you know, an hour, one hour, find pictures, put my captions and put my hashtags. And then I realized, Oh, I can do two weeks. Okay. I might as well just try three weeks. And then it went to a month. And so now I'm pretty much planned out for a month. It takes me maybe two hours um, or so because I use a lot of the same hashtags. I have like a hashtag bank. I've got um, things that I just talk about on a regular basis and I just plug them in. And it's kind of like you were talking about rinse and repeat. Um, and now it's just, it's pretty automatic. And this, so it's basically, I'm batching my content, which I know a lot of people do. And it saves so much time. So I literally post my post at six o'clock in the morning. And then about, it was back in November, I had gotten um, a bonus or it said on Instagram, I had opened my Instagram account up and it says, you're eligible for a bonus. And I went, oh, what is that? I had no idea. And it had something to do with reels. And I was thinking, oh, well, I'm kind of already shooting a lot of like video content anytime I'm touring a property with a client or I'm going through, you know, a model home. I'm already shooting that. It's already on my phone anyway. I wonder if I could just repurpose this and put it on a reel. And that's what I started doing. And I thought, oh, okay, well, what if I, same, same sort of thing of, oh, I wonder if I could do this for a whole week. Like, what if I just did one reel a day for a week? And it just became, it kind of just became a habit. So I post my post at six in the morning. I post my reel at eight o'clock in the morning and it just, you just kind of rinse and repeat. And what ends up happening is because you're putting so much content out there and because you're putting so much content out there on, on a consistent basis, all of a sudden it just starts getting traction and people like the number of followers that I have gained since November of doing the, um, the reels for social media, I want to say I've gained 30 plus thousand followers just since November from, from doing this. So, uh, if you're thinking about at all, like going for it, I'd say, just go for it. Start small, try one. I really don't spend that much time anymore. In the beginning, I spent too much time, but now I spend maybe 25 to 30 minutes on social media a day, like either posting content and then um, responding to comments. I try to respond as many as I can, but this, I usually respond like when I'm sitting in carpool pickup line for 15 minutes because I like to get there early, I'll sit there, I'll scroll through, answer some comments, and then maybe I'll do it before bed for a little bit. But besides that, I'm really not on it that much checking and looking. So if you're looking for a great way to get started, I encourage anybody who's thinking about it to just go for it and, you know, start small and then the momentum will build and you will be surprised what will happen. I mean, this, this was a huge surprise. Like I had no idea this would happen. I mean, in fact, yesterday I just went under contract with a home that these buyers ended up finding me. They live on the East coast. They found me on Instagram a year ago. They reached out and said they were interested in some homes out here. 
And then they decided they didn't want to come out. And so I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And then they reached out about a month and a half ago again and said, you know what? We actually want to move to Utah. Can you help us? And I said, great, let's do it. And we just went under contract for a home that's 1.527. I mean, it's so it's like it can happen and it's a free lead. And I've been able to work with just some of the most amazing people all from social media. So that's so amazing. Yeah. And I love how you break it down into such simple, actionable steps that literally anybody can do. Anybody. Yes. Anybody. Just overcomplicate things. And yes. we talk about overcomplicating a lot on this podcast, probably almost every yes. episode. Like we, we have this tendency to go after all these shiny objects and to want to do all the things, learn, go to all the courses, go to all the meetings and masterminds. And sometimes you need to just like sit with yourself and your own yeah. thoughts and map something out and like hear your own ideas. And it sounds like you were able to do that before having like all the noise that's out there of like, how do you build on Instagram? You know? So like you thought through this yourself, um, and you created a recipe that works. And I think that that's incredibly inspiring. And, um, it's a relief to hear because I think a lot of us who are listening to this use social media, obviously that's a very common way to build a real estate business or try to at least, um, since 2020, when there are no open houses. And I think people do feel like they're on an endless hamster wheel. And I think, I think it's important to note that, it's really, I think it's really cool that you were able to build such a massive following so quickly. Um, but all you did was just get started and you, you weren't going after that. Like you were just trying to build your local business and sell homes. And I think that that's a great byproduct. And I think it gives you authority and credibility to, and, and a casting a wider reach and broader net, like the people on the East coast. But I think for people listening to this who are like, well, I've been doing this for so long and I don't have, you know, that many followers. I think that quality is better over quantity, but I think more importantly, you just stick to your niche and your purpose and that byproduct will come, which is great. But otherwise, like, you know, having those quality followers that you're able to like build a connection and serve up value to is really the key thing here. And that's, that's what you were after in your strategy. Like you were looking for people who liked pretty homes in your area. Um, and you just built out this really simple way to go about it, but you were consistent. You went after it every single day at the same time you stuck with your plan and your strategy. You did not stray from it. And I have to say that, you know, in the beginning, I mean, I, my husband didn't even know about this and like, he didn't even know I had started, you know, my business account. And actually this is a funny story because, um, there's quirky things in all of our lives and all of our, you know, in our businesses and different things. And I think just finding that thing that might, you might not even think it's quirky, but to other people, or you might think it's funny or whatever it is. And uh, back in November, when I started doing reels consistently, I, we had just gotten home from church and I was upstairs in the laundry room and I was finishing a couple things. And all of a sudden I heard the leaf blower outside. And I was like, what, which kid has the leaf blower? I'm going to go run out there and see what's going on. Right. So I go run out 
to the, you know, to the front porch and I go look and it's my husband in a suit and he's leaf blowing the backyard, but there's really no leaves because our, (laughs) all we have is grass really there and our plants and trees are not mature enough to even really have leaves. So he's just going through and he's leaf blowing nothing it looks like, but apparently there were little bits of grass is what he says. And I didn't, so I'm just doing, cause I think it's super funny and I didn't even think anything of it. The next day I posted as my reel, like, oh, and I can't even remember what I put, but it was something just like, what's your favorite household chore or I, you know, something like that. And honestly, my DMs went bananas as his, he's got two partners at his um, accounting firm. And so their wives, their kids, their whatever are going nuts. And then they're sharing it with their friend. And then it kind of just went, that was like my first one that got over a hundred thousand views, you know, in a matter of not a very long time. And I went, Oh, this is how that can happen. Because I think the first reel I ever posted maybe had like 50 views. And I was like, gosh, I'm probably just wasting my time, but oh, well, this is, we'll just see what happens. And then the next one maybe got a hundred and I, you know, I had a hundred for a while, but when you keep them on there and you don't delete them, what ends up happening is eventually somebody's going to see it again, or somebody's going to rewatch it again. And they end up coming up. So at any rate, just to encourage, you know, your audience to just really try it. And if there's funny things that, or you think that your audience might enjoy as well, just give it a shot and you really have nothing to lose. And I just remember thinking like, oh, and then I finally ended up telling my husband later on that day, I was like, oh, so I may have posted this video of you leaf blowing like the grass in your suit. And he goes, I've already heard about it. He goes, don't worry, I'm not upset. I was like, okay, I didn't think you would, but sorry, I just didn't realize that it was going to kind of take off like that. (laughs) We just laughed about it. We thought it was funny. And that's kind of how it started. And that's just another example of showing up authentically. And I love that, like giving personality and entertainment. Like I also call it like intercational. Like I like, I like my page to be informative and provide value, but like people are on social media for entertainment, really. Like they are. For sure. That's so funny. So one other thing I want to touch on before we let you go, um, you mentioned that you check your DMs and respond to things during usually like carpool pickup line. Um, you know, I love that you said that because I think that we get caught up. Um, we get some people, you know, get really caught up in in monitoring these data points and how their account's growing or, um, you know, social media can be, it's consumption. It's like, Mm-hmm. it's it can suck you in and become very addictive and I think we've probably all experienced that I'm sure you have at some point throughout this oh, process yeah. it sounds like you are you know you have this you have this recipe in place that you shared but also you really seem to have a, a handle on how much time you're actually spending on it. You know, you create the content and you are engaging with your audience, but you're segmenting that um, so that you can show up for your family and be present. So could you just expand a little bit more on that for what that looks like for you? Just not having to feel that urge to like always check it or see how it's going. Kind of yes, no, a hundred percent. And I'm, that's such a good question. Um, well, and I think, and it's kind of like, you know how when we set boundaries for ourselves and different, 
different areas of our life. And I felt like because I was never a big social media, my husband actually is the first one that was years ago goes, Mariah, you actually need a, um, you need a Facebook account for your business. And I was like, really? He goes, no, you just have to be, you have to have some presence on social media. And I was like, ah, okay. All right. So he's actually the one that started my Facebook account years and years and years ago. And I really hardly ever posted on it before. Um, and I really hardly ever looked at it. And so the idea of me transitioning and going, Oh, let's, let's get an Instagram account and let's do this because my nat my natural nature is to not just like sit and scroll. But once I did get that, once I, once I did get my business Instagram account and I started it, I realized how easy it was to do that. And I realized how easy, like when you go check your activity of how long it's like, Oh, I didn't even think I was on it today. And I was on it for 45 minutes, you know? And so I think for me, it's just been, I've been trying, I, I, you know, and it's a constant thing too. Like this week, I feel like I was on it a lot more than I was on it last week. So every once in a while, like I'll check in and just see like, Oh, how long was I on it? Like this week for the most part, it's like between 30 and 40 minutes. Um, but some weeks it's like an hour and then I go, Oh, well, wait a second. Do I really have an hour to give to this right now? Um, and so I think just in your mind, kind of going into it, knowing like how much time are you okay to allow yourself to be on it? And then just, you know, I, I don't know about you, but a lot of parents and stuff will give their kids time restrictions with media and that kind of thing. And so even just not having to give yourself a time restriction, but just being mindful of the time you're spending. So for me, just like I do with content creation and, you know, blocking my couple hours once a month to create my content and then having those time blocks for me during the day. So like I said, in the morning, I make my post and then this is literally my morning routine. And again, everybody's morning routines are so different, but I'm literally sitting on my Peloton. I'm not doing a class that I'm like, I'm riding the bike and I'm, you know, getting a good workout in, but my first, you know, few minutes is literally me making my posts, checking any comments, commenting on those. And then I move right into like my journal, my affirmations, the book I'm reading, and I can do all that in a half hour while I'm sitting on my bike. And then obviously when I, when I go running, I'm not, I'm not doing that, but I have that little chunk of time where I can do that. And then later, and then I really don't check it until two o'clock when I'm sitting in carpool pickup line, unless I get messages sometimes, um, that I know something's coming in and I'm waiting for something, then I'll look, but usually I just kind of wait. And then same thing, like, you know, if I have, I'm sitting in a kid's soccer game and the game hasn't started, you know, I might check in, but, um, really just being more intentional for myself, um, of, because otherwise it can, like you said, it can just eat into so much time. And I'd rather be reading a good book, or I'd rather be talking to parents on the sideline of a soccer game, or I'd rather, you know, so there's just different trade-offs for it, but I know the power of social media. And I know that if you're consistent with it and you do, like you're saying, show up as your authentic self, the business will come to you. And it is, such a powerful tool and it's such an incredible resource that I feel like I don't have time to not do it. Like I don't have time to not create that content calendar and to not post every day because, you know, because of the business it's bringing to me. So that's, what's worked for me so far. And, you know, it's always, 
and I'm sure for you too, it's, um, it's a work in progress. So there's some, t some things that I'm going, oh, this is working well, let's try this. And then other things that might not be working well and, and really figuring out what your audience likes to um, see on social media too, and um, kind of honing in on that. I, I really resonate with that. And it's something that I've actually been focused on for quite some time, just like really segmenting my time and taking healthy social media breaks and, yes. you know, keeping my phone down on the weekends, trying to be present. Um, you know, it's hard because I'd also want to share a lot of local content, which happens when I'm out and about with my family. So yes, I will like take the footage and then put the phone down, you know, cause yes. I want to be present, but I love how you like on your regular schedule, you it's, it's, you know, minimal time spent to show up. And I think that that's a good reminder for all of us. Um, if you're finding holes in your day and, and that's because you've been spending too much time scrolling or maybe you're obsessing over, you know, how well your account's doing and trying to bring in business. And I just think that's a really good reminder. Um, and something that I've been hearing and I actually like put it on my phone screen. Um, I, we have a weekly template in our group of, um, like your weekly goals and just reminders and it's a wallpaper background for your phone. So I update mine now weekly. And one of the things I haven't taken off is, um, you know, before you say yes, what are you saying no to? And I think that that's such a, a good thing to think about when it comes to social media and being around your kids. Like before you say yes to making this video or responding to this comment, like, or sitting there responding to DMs, like, what are you saying no to in that moment? That stuff's important and it's building your business, but there's a way like you have done to segment that time where you create content. And when you engage and respond to your audience and it doesn't have to interrupt anything you have going on with your family and what's I love that so much. And just to piggyback on that too, since I, I think a lot of your audience are parents and moms and whatnot too, if you can include your kids in things, they love it. Like this weekend, my girls had a dance competition and we had a four hour window in between. And so there were some model homes that were right down the street. And so I was like, Hey girls, do you guys want to go look at some pretty homes? And they were like, Oh yes. So they're literally dressed in their cute little dance costumes. My, at the time, my six-year-old and my uh, nine-year-old and they come into these houses and they were like, Oh mommy, look at this is, you know, is this a Jack and Jill bathroom? Yes. Oh, is this a standalone tub? Yes, it is, dear. Okay, here, now let's go. And so they're going through, they're looking and they're going, oh, can I take a video of this here? Oh, oh, check out the pantry. And they're doing it and they're getting so excited about it. And so I think sometimes if we're able to like incorporate, like in like get our kids into it, then they're going to see like, oh, this is actually really fun. And, you know, it doesn't have to be houses, but it can be whatever it is that you're into. And it doesn't have to be them videoing it because we really only took a couple pictures in the house but it was just them getting to be quote unquote on the job with us, you know? So I think that's a fun way to, to do it as well. I love that. And I think too, like even <laughs> in a different way, like yeah. the other day my son was home from school because he 
three years old. Can't believe it. Got his first cavity and had a filling. I didn't even know you could get one that young. And um, they said, you know, to watch him because he was numb and like for sure. to really watch him for two, three hours because he's so little not to like bite his fingers because he can't right. feel or like chew his cheek or his tongue. So I kept him home for the rest of the day. Um, and Mondays are obviously always crazy. I had been working on creating this um, video series for my course and I had to get it done and I had to yeah. get a few things done. So we kind of took turns between like going to do something fun, doing yeah. a little, doing a little, you know, work. And so he loves doing videos. Um, and sometimes he wants to like make his own and like pretend so like his cute. channel yeah. at three. Yeah. It's cute. But um, so I involved him in the process. So I love that you said said that because I was like, you want to help mommy film? Like, and I was able to like feel little pressure to like get it done. He had fun. Sure. It worked, you know. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your insight and just your story. And it's, it's super encouraging. Um, and I think that our listeners are just going to feel really inspired to, you know, really change the way that they approach social media between, you know, the time investment and their strategy and hopefully simple, simplify it down to really work for them. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. Can you tell, can you tell everyone where to find you and where to follow you? Yeah, for sure. Well, first things first, thank you so, so much for having me on. What a pleasure it is to, you know, get to chat with you guys and what I love the things that you are doing as well. So it's fun to learn from each other. Um, you can find me on Mariah K Holmes on Instagram and, um, and all my contact information is on there. So Mariah came Holmes. Thank you so much, Mariah. We will also be sure to include a link to follow her in the show notes. Um, if you have not yet joined us in our Facebook group, we do have a support Facebook group for moms in real estate. Search the Modern Real Estate Mama on Facebook and make sure to fill out your details and the questions to be approved to join the group. Um, and you can also access that from the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. If you've been enjoying the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast, it would mean so much to us if you would leave us a review on how this podcast has impacted your listening today. Whether you heard us on Apple or Spotify, your review helps other moms in real estate discover this podcast. Mm -hmm.